0: Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to the Bean for Thursday. First of yesterday's news, Iron Glen ZB. We're looking back at Wednesday. Uh, Howard Morrison Jr. Uh, joined the show with Sign Phil yesterday and um, sang a song you may not have heard before. Uh, we've got an interesting, um, an interesting scheme from Wellington Cemetery to talk about. I know you weren't expecting me to say that, were you? Uh, we've got some interesting comments about uh, people who wear Lycra and get on bikes from Kerry McIver. And then we're going to finish up with perhaps the most controversial opinion I've ever heard Marcus express on air. So, I mean, that's going to be worth waiting around for. Uh, but before any of that, Kate be on what she thinks of Trump's chances this time round.
1: Take his campaign style, for example. He loves big rallies. And he keeps hosting these across the US, no social distancing, very few masks, which ironically goes against his own government's rules around COVID, not that it bothers Trump. But are we seeing a switch to voter preferences for softer, kinder campaigns? Are voters weary of fighting and mudslinging? Do they really care about Hunter Biden's emails and business deals? Or is it something Republicans hope will stick? The combative style of Trump might have won in votes in 2016, but will it get him across the line this time round? The US, of course, is seeing, similar to what we saw here, that surge in early voting. More than 23 million ballots have been cast already. Registered Democrats have so far outvoted registered Republicans by more than double. Republicans, however, say they'll show up large on the day. If not... It's all on for Biden and his camp, of course, playing up large Trump's poor COVID management and hoping that lockdown-weary Americans will turf Trump out. And, of course, with the American system, it's not just the presidential vote. Even if he loses that to Biden, there's still the Senate. Could Republicans lose control of that as well? There's a lot at stake, and Trump knows it. His rhetoric suggests he won't go down without a fight. But there are those who say it's closer than punters are predicting, that Trump may well take the presidency again as former chief strategist. Steve Bannon told the Australian newspaper the other day that he believes Trump will win and that if he doesn't, that he'll run again in 2024, which would make Trump 78, the same age Biden is now. So despite the polls all pointing to a Biden win in two weeks, I still think only a brave punter would bet against Donald Trump.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that has me pretty much convinced Trump will uh, retain the presidency is his supporters are just more fanatical. Uh, they're more rabid. They're more zealous. Biden doesn't have those. Uh, he just has people who don't want Trump anymore. And I just think that's a negative. Two negatives don't always add up to a positive. Or do they? I can't remember. I wasn't really paying attention in physics. Is it physics or chemistry? See? I don't know idea. Um, Howard Morrison Jr. Uh, came in to see uh, Seinfeld yesterday. We've only got two minutes, but we'd love to hear you sing a little bit of something.
2: <clears throat> okay, are you ready? Yes. Yep. Once upon a time I was healthy and young. Now my body's falling apart. There's nothing I can do. I totally crapped when I fart. <laughs> Oh <laughs> well, it's not what I expected. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> I can see Simon sitting there going, Where the hell's he going? <laughs> you know me well, mate.
1: That is, oh, that's Howie. brilliant, Howie Thank you so much for
2: chatting. Best of luck with the book. Thanks, mate. Oh, hey, Mike, when a Morrison's got a microphone in your hand, expect <laughs> the unexpected. That's very, very true, Howie. Take care, mate. See Thank you, you buddy. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. Five minutes away from four. Well, that was a very, very, very lively interview, I've got to say, mate. But a bit more than we expected,
0: really. Oh, he's a champ. I mean, that, that – when you – because, obviously, they're a showman family. Yeah. But, you know, gosh, that must be very difficult for a son
1: to, to talk about it, to grow up like that. You know, imagine oh, saying... Oh,
0: heck yes. I mean, I had to cope with a similar sort of thing, with my dad being an accountant and then a bank manager. Very difficult to live in that sort of shadow, you know? Very difficult. Um, yeah, they've got a... Um uh, a system that they're looking at at the Wellington Cemetery um, in these difficult times. Uh, dying is expensive, isn't it? I mean, people always talk about the, the cost of funerals and that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, to alleviate some of the the expense of Wellington Cemetery, is just wondering if maybe you would just like to rent your grave for a while.
2: Are serious, are you taking this? Well, look, at this stage, we're really just asking residents for their view on it. So we did some pre-engagement, so some discussions with residents, and 41% indicated they would be interested in this. Um, but look, it won't be for everyone, and I'm really clear that there can't be any sort of pressure or compulsion. It's not something I, I would do with my family. <laughs> um, okay, so what, what would what would you charge somebody annually? I suppose to to be temporarily buried the thing, there is um, quite a lot of regulation in this area as you'd expect so at the moment um, a disinterment costs $2,033 and you need a certificate from regional public health and they do a lot of checks to make sure that the family are who they say they are and that everyone is comfortable with it. Um, But we really haven't thought through the details of what the charges would be if we did offer uh, graves for a shorter period in the future because at present most Uh, plots are provided in perpetuity. There are some exceptions, but that's a situation that exists for most people at this time. So some of those details would need to be worked through, obviously very sensitively and carefully. uh, I asked for some
1: suggestions on the text machine, had a very clever suggestion from somebody who said, why don't you guys think a bit creatively and instead of lying people flat when you bury them, maybe, you know, bury them standing up because you could
2: probably fit four people in a plot like that. Well, it's interesting you say that because the council officers have actually looked into that and said that that's, Wellington's not really suitable for that approach because hard rock is closer to the surface. Oh. It'll be quite difficult to get that depth. So um, I like the creative thinking, but uh, it's a no on that. Sorry.
0: Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine anything worse. Imagine spending all of eternity standing up. No. It'd be exhausting. Yeah i like the way too that she says that um the it's not for everyone i'd say that's a fairly safe bet probably just mostly dead people that this is for i don't think there's that many live people that want to rent a grave is there a few vampires maybe uh, it's great stories great stories yesterday i don't really know why kerry McIver got onto cycleways yesterday but um then this happened.
2: The real genuine guys out there, and the like they want to go on the road. They don't want to go on a cycle lane, and they won't unless they ban them off the road. They'll go on the road. Oh, but imagine them when you and I are pootling along and just having a chat, and you know,
1: talking about which lovely cafe to go to, and you've got a mammal up your jacksie who's just desperate to get past,
2: and it, you know, absolutely. Oh. it could be the Sunday afternoon attraction. You could go and sit there and watch watch the activities. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness
0: what a thought Kerry he makes a very good point there's nothing worse than a mammal up your jacksie you cannot argue with that can you? no you can't and that's what you can expect uh, from New Talk ZB from our hosts that kind of sensible talk wow most of the time and then
3: Marcus goes and says something like this can I just say that This is not me being cute or trying to be relevant. But probably since I became able to form strong opinions, my most strong opinion in life has always been that the crispy would be the worst biscuit that's been ever invented. I hate everything about it. I hate the packaging. I hate that dumb, serrated, jaggy edge of it. I hate the way the crispies write. I just can't stand it. If you asked me how much you'd have to pay me to eat a pack of crispies, there would be hmm, it'd be more than a hundred bucks. That sounds arrogant, doesn't it, with people starving, but yeah. I just hate them. Anyway, crispies are trending on Twitter because I think Marama Davidson, is that her name? No, let me think. I might have got that one wrong, but um, anyway, that's what they talk to the conversations between the Greens and Labour. But has there ever been a worse biscuit? I thought for a while the worst biscuit might be that salty lemon one, but that's actually lovely. But yeah, I can't stand a crispy. And not only can I can't stand them, I would judge anyone that likes it. Like, if someone liked Krispies, I don't think I could be a friend of theirs. That's how strongly I feel about that biscuit. See, so I mean, he's got to be the Lone Ranger on there. Who doesn't like a Crispy?
0: I mean, there's no... What kind of weirdo do you have to be to not like Krispies? I feel the, sa- the same way, but in reverse. Marcus and I are never going to be friends now. Never. Because... Uh, it's like those people who, you know, fall in love and then find out that they're brother and sister and can't get married after all. This is how I feel. This is shocking. I'm going to have to end the podcast. I-, I might be back tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know if I can carry on. When I say end the podcast, I mean end it completely. That has been news to have been for Thursday. I don't know if there'll be a Friday one. We'll have to find out tomorrow.